Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I'm definitely hurt. I, I love Google, and I've always been a fan of Google even before I joined. And so it really feels like they betrayed me in some way. Why do you feel betrayed? Because the whole point of my memo was actually to improve Google and Google's culture. And they just punished me and shamed me for doing it. Well, that certainly is the case. Uh, welcome to the Sound of the Program. Rob Breckenridge with you. That is the voice of James Damore, who is a uh, former, now former, Google engineer. And uh, was the author of this 10-page memo, which has sparked quite a debate. Now, in the eyes of some, this is uh, a misogynist who is opposed to diversity in the tech field, doesn't think women are able to cut it because of their biology in the tech field. And that's how some people have been reading this whole thing. And references uh, in the media to uh, this being an anti-diversity memo. Is that really what he did? I guess Google felt as though that were the case. Uh, A memo went out to Google employees from their CEO on Monday evening saying Damore had violated the company's code of conduct when he issued his own memorandum titled Google's Ideological Echo Chamber. But it certainly seems to me what what Damore was trying to do was trying to offer some, some explanation for why there's such a gender gap in the tech sector. And if we can better understand why exists, why it exists, we're better equipped to try to fix the problem. So this was his way of saying, here's how we need to come at it. In other words, here's how we need to address it. If he were anti-diversity, why would he care in the first place? But I guess the mere fact that you'd start talking about biological inherent gender differences, that's controversial. So is he standing on solid ground? Well, someone who's written a lot about this issue and wrote a fascinating piece this week for the Globe and Mail about this controversy uh, joins us on the line. Deborah So uh, writes about uh, the science of human sexuality, holds a Ph.D. in sexual neuroscience at York University. Deborah, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, so did you first hear about this controversy before it became such a, uh, such a, a furor in the media, and were, were you at all surprised by the, uh, the outrage and the reaction to this? I first heard about it on Saturday when the news first broke. Um, I read the 10-page document that, was, uh, that Gizmodo put out, um, and already people were starting to get really upset about it. So, I, you know, I read it start to finish. I read it a couple of times, um, and I actually don't see anything wrong with it. At the time, I, I didn't find it sexist, and that's really what um, I, f- I felt it was important to write the column that I did for The Globe um, to speak to the science of it and to say, you know, actually what he was saying is scientifically accurate. Was the outrage predictable, though? Did, did, you, did you foresee it when you first read yeah. this? Oh, I definitely did. I definitely did. And, um, and I agree with you. I mean, there's so... Talking about biology, for some reason, is extremely controversial nowadays, and I don't understand that. A lot of people are saying to me, well, it's because we're afraid that people are going to use this information 
to deny uh, allowing women in STEM or to, to justify sexism. But in that case, I say, well, then, you know, call up the misogynists then or call up people who are doing that. Don't deny the science because, one, um, that doesn't help us progress as, as, a, you know, as human beings. And, two, people don't take you seriously when they do that because I think most people would agree biology is real. So, I mean, yeah, this boils down to what the problem is. Look, if, if women want to do coding and are being discriminated against by tech companies because they're women, then we got a big problem. If women are choosing not to pursue that field in the first place, then we need to understand why. So, that, I mean, that cuts to the heart of, of whether James was right in the first place. Right, and I think part of the problem, too, is that people didn't actually read his memo. I think people, their opinions are based, most people, their opinions are based on um, news coverage and the headlines. So I think people who are outraged are basing that on the headlines and a lot of people aren't even willing to read the actual memo because I thought it was actually very well thought out. Um, and, you know, when, when you look at the document that actually has all the links included in it, um, I think Motherboard actually put that out after. Um, and there's actually a chart that shows what he was saying with regards to differences in group averages. He's not saying that, you know, women across the board are terrible at coding or they don't deserve to be there or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't agree with, with, uh, with the, all the outrage that's, that's been happening. Well, what stands out to you in terms of how this is being mis- misrepresented? Well, with regard to the research, people are flat out denying that it exists, which it does. There's a very large and long-standing body of research that consists of thousands of studies showing the effects of prenatal testosterone in um, gendered interests. So, um, you know, as I wrote in my column, boys tend to be exposed to higher levels of testosterone in utero, um, and higher uh, exposure is associated with male typical interests. So uh, this is why boys tend to gravitate towards mechanically interesting things, and lower levels of exposure are associated with Um, more interest in socially uh, engaging activities. So um, if you look at the research literature around a genetic condition called congenital adrenal hyperplasia, so girls who have this condition, they're exposed to higher than level, uh, sorry, higher than usual levels of testosterone in utero. When they're born, they gravitate more towards male typical interests and toys. And this is even if their parents uh, give them more praise for playing with female typical ones. So it speaks to how strong biology is. And I'm not saying that environment doesn't play a role at all, but I think one of the misnomers of the memo, people are saying, oh, he's saying girls aren't good at it. He's saying that, you know, that on average, women tend not to be as interested in STEM disciplines. And I think it's totally fine if that's the case, which it is. I don't think that should be controversial to say. I think as long as people are free to choose to do what they want, that's really what's more important. I think, you know, the, the fact that the memo seems to suggest that discrimination is not a thing. Uh, and, and a lot of people would say, well, well, it is, and it manifests itself in different ways. Do you get the sense that he's denying the existence of sexism, or is he saying in this instance sexism doesn't provide us with the answer? I don't think that he was, I can't speak for him, but I don't think that he was denying sexism. And I think he actually said in the memo quite clearly, I'm not denying that discrimination exists. He was saying this it's not realistic if we are trying to force this quota of 50% of women in STEM, this is why it's not happening and it doesn't make sense for you know, all this effort and resources to be put towards it if it just, it's not scientifically a valid idea. It's interesting because as you talk about in your piece, I mean, the science is pretty overwhelming. Uh, and, and you do address this because a lot of people would say, well, wait a second, there was this study a couple of years ago that suggests there's really no difference between male and female okay. brains. So what would you say that in response one. to that? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that study came out in 2015. Um, and it got a lot of press attention, which is, I think, why this idea it continues to be spread and why people are genuinely confused about what the reality is. Um, but so that study found that there weren't, 
no dif- said that there were no differences between male and female brains um, and that these, you know, brains existed along that mosaic. Um, but another team of researchers actually reanalyzed the exact same data from that study and found that you could predict the sex of a given brain um, on average 73% of the time. So that's much higher than chance. So it's, it's not accurate to say that you can't tell male and female brains apart. And again, if you look at the research literature, um, it shows that there are differences in the in brain structure and function, these very consistent findings. Um, I, I feel that, you know, there's a political agenda that's happening that's kind of starting to seep into science, which is very worrisome. Um, and that's a big part of what I write about and why I feel compelled to write about it, because it's starting to actually affect the way that people think about these things. And I think because... You know, there are not as many people speaking out against it. Um, the discourse has become really slanted, and people don't really know what to believe anymore. In, in terms of how Google handled this, I mean, Google's a private company. I guess they can, they can decide who they want working for them and who they don't want working for them, but this seems a really lousy way of, of handling the matter, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I don't really want to criticize Google necessarily, but I would say I think it's, well, if we look at the memo and what Demore was saying and how, you know, there really isn't diversity of viewpoint, everything that's happened since that memo went viral, you know, the public reaction to it um, and his firing now and now that now people continue to bully him and shame him um, and smear his name and they call him, you know, sexist and racist. I mean, that just really speaks to exactly what his concerns were. And I think there is a larger problem here that isn't being talked about. And I think this problem is going to only continue to grow until we do address it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I've, I've seen him do a couple of interviews today. I mean, he's really not a, a loud, outspoken kind of guy. I mean, he's, he's almost a stereotypical kind of engineer. Um, so he's in a real tough spot because I think he feels the need to defend himself, but uh, I get the sense we'll just as soon not be doing so. But I mean, the fact that he wrote this this memo, that, that he had views on this, and that he wrote this 10-page memo, I mean, it suggests that, that it, he's got a real interest in, in trying to address this and trying to put some ideas on the table. If people think he's wrong, then it, it would be easy enough to say, well, I think you're wrong, and, and here's why. But that, that's not what the response was. No, and I mean, if you look at, he's obviously put a lot of thought into the document, and what I find interesting is people who are attacking him, they don't actually try to refute the science. I mean, they'll say something very broad like, oh, the science he mentions is wrong or it's pseudoscience, but they don't actually address it. And uh, the attacks are, you know, more that he's a bad person and this is an indication of sexism within tech. Um, but I think if you actually, and I invite anyone who disagrees with me, actually go and look at the research literature and, you know, read these studies and read both sides and see what what you end up deciding. I mean, for me, I have a background in science, but I don't just take it at face value. I actually, you know, do the work and look into things and try to understand what is the truth here. Um, and I, I feel it's very easy for people to kind of jump on the bandwagon and say, you know, this is the, the socially acceptable thing to, to go with, so that's what I'm going to do. And they don't actually do the work of trying to evaluate in their own minds, you know, does this actually make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, conversations like this, I, I think, you know, maybe there, there can be a positive that comes from all of this. But when you look at the, the, the bigger picture, it's, it's hard to see where there's a lot of positives. That this guy lost his job, he's being shamed and, and hounded on, on social media. I mean, that's, that's not improving the problem. That's not addressing the issue at hand. Uh, that, that doesn't advance the cause of women in science to, to any extent. No, and I think it also makes people more afraid to say, you know, what they think. Because for those of us who agree with what he was saying, because it is, uh, you know, scientifically legitimate, they're just going to keep, you know, feel even more silenced. And I think also the frustration is only going to grow more, this feeling that, you know, why is it that we can't talk about legitimate facts? 
So how would we come at it in, in a sensible, science-based way? If we concede the point in, in the memo that there are differences between men and women, and that maybe explains why there's less interest from women in the tech field or in coding, for example, specifically. So how do we get women more interested in that? I would say the more, most important thing is just to uh, allow people to pursue what they find interesting, so women and men. Um, to, and I think it's great that there are more programs now, you know, encouraging young girls to be interested in STEM disciplines. Um, and also, I think it's important to encourage boys to pursue what they find interesting and, and not necessarily feel this pressure that, you know, girls have to be interested in STEM, otherwise they're not going to be successful. I feel like there's a real bias against women and girls being interested in phenotypical things nowadays, and I, I don't know why that is. Um, so I think that that's the most important thing. But as to, you know, having 50% of women in STEM and having this quota, I don't think that is a realistic expectation. I don't think it's ever really going to be fully realized. And, and the research also speaks to that, that if you look at countries what, that do have um, greater gender equity, so men and women are considered more equal, this gender gap in the uh, occupational preference actually widens. And so... Uh, I think that it's coming from a good place, but I, I think the underlying sexism that people are concerned about is not actually being addressed in having these quotas. Yeah, well, let, let's hope that some good can come of this. Uh, we'll leave it there, Doctor. So uh, people can find your piece uh, at theglobeandmail.com. The headline, No, the Google Manifesto Isn't Sexist or Anti-Diversity, It's Science. Thanks so much for joining us here. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Rob. All right, take care. Uh, that is Dr. Deborah So, uh, holds a PhD in neuros, uh, sexual neuroscience from York University, writes about the science of human sexuality. So she's saying her read of the memo is that the science the author references is legitimate science. It's in keeping with what we know. She says some intentionally deny the science because they're afraid it will be used to justify keeping women out of STEM. But sexism isn't the result of knowing facts. It's the result of what people choose to do with them. This is exactly what the mob of outrage should be mobilizing for. Instead of denying biological reality and being content to spend a weekend doxing a man so he'd lose his job. At this point, as foreshadowed in, Doc, in Mr. DeMoy's manifesto, we should be more concerned about viewpoint diversity than diversity revolving around gender. So if you want to address why there's a discrepancy when it comes to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, all right, understand why it exists in the first place and find effective ways then of encouraging young women to, to get into these fields. Right? And, and if that's more likely to, to result in a positive outcome, if that's more likely to increase the numbers, to balance out the overall numbers, to get you closer to 50-50, then, then why would you, you reject that? So that, that's my take on the memo, that that's exactly what this guy was trying to say. So maybe the fact that he's a man, maybe the fact that he seems to be denying that sexism is a problem, that that automatically discredits him. But it shouldn't. Right, and I think he made some legitimate points. And again, this guy doesn't seem like some you know crazy radical. He's an engineer who's coming at this in a very logical, kind of thoughtful way. So it's unfortunate what's happened to him, definitely. All right, 403-974-TALK is our number, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.